You're going to hear me say some swear words in this episode. There is no adult content, but I do get kind of excited about this story in particular, so I swear a few times. If that's not for you, I recommend you skip it. And if it is for you... Na 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 na, yeah, no, I don't do that, no, I don't do that. You know it's alright, you can ask, but I don't do that, no, I don't do that. I don't do that, I don't do that. Episode 15. As far as I was concerned, like punk was something that my older brothers had done. I was looking for my own thing. By the time I'm introduced to punk rock in the 90s, I'm like, well, I've seen this. Episode 15 is I Don't Do Punk Rock. We're talking with Aaron today, who doesn't do punk rock. Aaron lives in Minnesota via Arizona, Wisconsin, Florida, and South Dakota, USA. He is a white man in his mid-40s. Despite not doing punk rock, Aaron is a founding creator of Diseased, a band in central South Dakota who are generally mislabeled as punk rock. Diseased helped to initiate and develop a thriving music scene out of seemingly nothing in central South Dakota in the mid-1990s. The unlikely music scene quickly became a cooperative effort, which attracted independent bands from all over the United States. To Aaron's chagrin, the whole thing turned punk within a very short time. The struggles and successes of the people involved in the scene are chronicled in the nonfiction book, This Road Leads to Nowhere, Pure Punk, edited by Josh Garrett Davis. Contributing authors include myself, Ocho, and other people who were there. It is available in paperback by visiting idontdothatpodcast.com slash give and following the link to the shop. Please check that out and stick around at the end of the podcast to hear the song IO Streams, recorded by the non-punk band Diseased in 1999, featuring Aaron on drums and myself, Ocho, screaming my head off. Aaron, thanks for being with us. Nice to be here. It's good to talk to you. Yeah. So you, you don't uh, you don't do punk. I do not. All right. And and uh that might be a surprise to some people. It would be, yes. Okay. Because some people might think you're a punk or they might associate you with punk. I'm in a punk book about a punk rock scene. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, I had every opportunity to be a punk. <laughs> and in some ways kind of was ish, I suppose, by association. Yeah. But, and the book is called This Road Leads to Nowhere, Pure Punk. Right. And my band is featured in that book and you wrote some things in it and were in the band. I'm I'm in the book. I'm published in the book. Yeah, yeah. It's worth reading. There's there's a lot there's photos of you, as you said, like uh looking great. No, not at all. <laughs> I wouldn't say that, but So the band was diseased? Yes. I was in that band, yes. Yeah. And it is it is still a band. It is. Yeah, yeah. As far as I know, yeah. Yeah. Was it mislabeled as a punk band or what? It was like a, it's kind of a difficult thing to explain. So if you remember like in the early 90s, like way early 90s, like you take it to the 80s and then you just go forward a couple clicks. Yeah, yeah. Like that. 90, 91. Yes. Or we don't have an identity as the 90s yet. So I, I was exposed to bands like Napalm Death and well, and death and obituary and stuff like that. And was jamming with... The early death metal bands. Early death metal. Yeah. 
and at the time is like something that is really I've never really experienced anything like it. Mm-hmm. Any other bands you want to name from that time, just so we have more of a frame of reference? Oh, I mean, there's I mean, yeah, maybe too many to count <laughs> because there's like Deicide and uh, uh, Cancer was another one. Eventually, like Gorguts, Carcass, um, uh, Entombed. Yeah, loved them actually quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, they were a bit different. Yes, they had that unique kind of buzzsaw guitar. But we're talking all bands that were labeled as death metal back then. That's who That's who is the subject right now, is the death metal. Yeah, so, I mean, that's what... That's really sparking something inside of me to want to be mm-hmm. a musician. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, before that, it was, you know, the usual suspects as far as thrash metal. Mm-hmm. So Metallica, Megadeth... Um, a lot of overkill. You don't really hear too much about them, but I was really a huge fan. You were an Iron Maiden fan too, am I yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. I was really big into Maiden, and you know, they're kind of older. Yeah. But so this is these are things I really like. Now I'm not unfamiliar with punk at this mm-hmm. time. My brothers were really into it, so I know about like the Clash and the Sex Pistols and X and you know uh, some. It, uh, I don't know if people kind of you know, would consider Elvis Costello to be punk. But, I mean, those are certainly, like, my brothers were really kind of into more, like, avant-garde kind of stuff from the early 80s and 70s. Yeah, I know you're into the Misfits, too. Yeah, that was later, on my own, kind of more. Uh Uh-huh, okay. So, so, you know, getting the guys together that would eventually be diseased, we were starting out, like, more as a metal band. Mm Mm-hmm. And we have a problem. Mm-hmm. We are, we're not complete. Now I'm singing and playing guitar at this time. Mm-hmm. And um, you're doing I, the death metal growls. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Yeah, and I'm killing it. Yeah. I, mean, I was like 14, and I sound like Barney Greenway. It was like. <laughs> <laughs> you got a, you got a gift, man. You're a multi-talented person. You really are. Well, I mean, like I'm not. Yeah, I'm not trying to brag, but I can I'll do brag this thing for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, and. It looks like we have a kind of a clear path forward, except that we don't have anybody to play drums. Right. And um, when Matt Dame, who was was at the time living in Tennessee, like comes back for like a summer, mm-hmm. or like part of a school year, mm-hmm. we get together with him and create Diseased as a sort of like, for lack of a better word, like a side project, mm-hmm. um, which wasn't supposed to be our main focus. It was just supposed to be this thing. The main focus was the, the metal. Yeah, that was like what we'd been focused on, and and that band was called Spiritual Decay, am I right? Yeah, which is just a fancy way of saying atheism. But yes, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and spiritual. So we do we're doing Spiritual Decay, and then um, it really not having a whole lot of luck at it. We're just not really there. You, you know what I mean? Like it it takes it's pretty taxing for us. We didn't have a drummer. We didn't have a drummer, but what we also like just don't really have the skill set quite yet. You know that degree of metal and that speed and stuff is kind of demanding for you know younger guys. So, but the punk was easy to play. It was easy, definitely. Mm-hmm. And we, when with me on drums, taking kind of getting away from the whole guitar and singing thing, we had a full band at that point. And it seems as though I remember Matt had things to say. So you had lyrics. You had a vocalist, yeah, and, this, you, had, and we, you had you behind the drums. We're making like full blown music, and we like make like four songs, and put out a little demo, and that was supposed to be the end of it. When Matt eventually goes back to Tennessee, there's this like moment, this like crux decision that needs to be made. 
do we continue with diseased or do we do spiritual decay? Mm-hmm. With disease, we still have a full band. We just need to find a singer. Easier to find than a drummer. Easier to find than a drummer. Find someone who can scream their head off or, or just like bark in the microphone. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, doesn't take a lot of... Okay, yeah, that, I don't want to catch a lot of grief, but it doesn't. it's not like demanding that position. I was in that position a little while later. And I, I wrote about it. I thought it it wasn't uh, it wasn't it didn't it didn't take a lot of skills, other than having a lot of energy and uh, being brazen, kind of. That's that's what it was for me. Right. Yeah. Just being unabashed and willing to just put it out there and scream and kind of hurt myself. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, we find Wade Snyder. Who ends up singing with us, and he, and we do it like a demo, another demo called "Manipulate the Masses." Largely, like the lyrics at this time are being written by me, and are very largely punk. So this whole thing is, I don't know, inauthentic in a, in a certain respect. Behind the scenes, like these guys that are making this punk rock band, mm-hmm. I mean, every single one of them is listening to something other than punk. Like, we're just not really well versed in punk, and on top of that, we have another problem. The L.A. and Washington, D.C. hardcore scenes, which was what we sounded like, are like long over. And what is emerging is much more of a clean cut, precise version of punk rock that's like really. What were what were those scenes? Who who were bands in those scenes that you sounded like or that you were? Oh, like MDC or Bad Brains, but like sloppy, just garbage. <laughs> It's like bad brains isn't garbage. No, no, no. Okay, so let me like I don't want to step in it more so like that than we were like death. Okay, do, do you know yeah. what I'm saying? Oh yeah, so that's a fair assessment. Well, I think. yeah, death was was well for one thing it was it was metal. It is not classified as punk and right. and very very technical and and orchestrated. Right. Yeah. And, yes. And, and with chops. And that's like what I'm listening to. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not listening to that, it's usually just like solid, like clutch has come out, I think by that time with their self-titled album. That's another thing that's kind of making the rounds in my group or whatever. And the more, the more new school punk that was coming up that it was tighter and not. Uh... Yeah. It's more like, um, we kind of go away from, I don't know what, I really don't know what to compare it to. Okay. Um, just like, just like loud, noisy punk rock that right. we were playing is kind of like dying away. And there's this sort of like bad religion really, I think exemplifies what's on the horizon. Yeah. Bad religion and offspring came up from that kind of. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm not saying that the, everybody sounds like bad religion, but they like are kind of, I don't know. It seemed like to me, and I don't know anything about punk because I'm not one. I'm not but one. Nor am just, I. I'm not a punk historian. <laughs> right? But I, it I seemed like some of it. I had heard Bad Religion, and it seemed like the bands that are coming up remind me somewhat of Bad Religion. Yeah. They're tight. They got good, clean vocals. Like, this is a dressed up punk rock. This is not a dirty, like, teenagers just banging on stuff trying to and talking about how cops suck. It's not like the germs or something. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, even, but even at this time, like this band only exists because it's what we can do. It's not really because our heart is in it. I don't know any, like I have some SST albums. I have some dead Kennedys. I have some, you know, bad brains. I mean, we could talk about that stuff, but this is not like what I'm buying t-shirts of. This is not what's on my walls. This is not what I'm obsessing over. 
And you're obsessing more over napalm death and carcass. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, like, because yeah. for, for me, and this is kind of where things get weird, or not weird, but this is where I'm afraid I'm going to offend some people. In the early part of the 70s, you had this punk rock scene that is really challenging people's ideas of what's good. Mm-hmm. I mean, it like you, you take a, a pretty girl and you give her a mohawk and you jam a safety pin through her nose and you say, this is pretty or interesting or whatever. That's pretty, like, it's pretty out there. Mm-hmm. Come to the early 90s, it's no longer out there. Mm-hmm. And I have just heard Godflesh. Mm-hmm. That is out there. <laughs> I am hit so with like- that's industrial music. Yes, yeah. and I am hit with this wall of dissidents and a guy screaming Jesus in the psychedelic oh, yeah. tapestry that is like on this old television in Matt Dame's basement. And I'm just excited. Yeah. I don't even know what I just saw. Yeah. I'm thinking that that's what people must have been thinking back in the early 70s, or excuse me, the late 70s when they see punk arrive. Yeah, yeah. This is this is my punk. Yeah, yeah. And it's not what people are calling punk. To me, like punk is no longer on the horizon. It's no longer on, excuse me, it's no longer like something that's I don't know, um on the cutting edge. So, punk is not on the cutting edge. To you, it, it's industrial and death metal? Yeah. Hey, if you're listening to this right now, I just want to say thank you. I know you have a lot of podcast options, and I very much appreciate you tuning in. At the moment, this podcast is 100% member-supported and ad-free. Many of you are making that possible through your contributions at idontdothatpodcast.com slash give. And I thank you again for that. If you think you might like to join our generous members who contribute a little bit, you can do that at idontdothatpodcast.com slash give. A membership also gives you access to exclusive digital content on that site. If you don't want to part with the money, I understand. You can still share this podcast with your friends and your social network. You can subscribe to this show on the streaming service of your choice. And you can leave a five-star review with some kind words. Regardless of what you do or what you don't do, there's always plenty of free content for everyone at idontdothatpodcast.com slash give. That's for members and non-members alike. Thank you for listening. Punk had been, it had been around for a while and like, and like you said, uh, so it's changing into Green Day now and, uh. Yeah, and I've heard this. What would happen to like Fallout Boy and, uh, things, things that it would turn into, yeah. I just sit there and listen to it and I think... It's not, it's not something that is suddenly like rattling my soul. It's not something that makes me like just sit up and think, I, I don't even know what this is. What is this? I mean, you know, you sit there and it's pretty tame compared to something like Godflesh, compared to something like Napalm Death. I mean, everything is just like full tilt and these guys are screaming like monsters. Like that, that is the new, like, uh, hero- like the, the new frontier that, okay. That's what I want to be a part of. Okay. And and you're playing the punk, you're playing like kind of the MDC style punk or or whatever uh, <laughs> yeah. because that's what you're able to because that's your ability. That's how good you are. That's at your I instruments. Mean, yeah. Yeah. It's like you default cuz you can't do better than that. Mhm. <laughs> so what happens after that? Then where does that go? So we get better. Mhm. And um we kind of stick with it and what kind of emerges is kind of difficult to explain. I would suppose it's got certain aspects of it that are 
it's a myriad, a pigeon of music. Yeah. I am playing. Fusion. Yes. I mean, like, for example, when people who are into metal usually talk about like their favorite albums, they'll be like, say something like Rain and Blood is yeah. a good example. Sure. Or like Slipknot, Iowa, you know? Sure. These are great albums for drummers who play metal. Mm-hmm. For me, it's like the mind is a terrible thing to taste. By ministry. By ministry, because I'm not using double kick. Uh-huh. And I need to find a way uh, how to make music intense without resorting to that. Yeah. Right. At first is something that is just not possible. And then it becomes something that I'm doing on purpose. We're starting to find our voice. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can be that. Maybe I can help create something that I experienced and shake something, spark something inside of somebody else. Maybe I can find this unique thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And So maybe you could have been a metal drummer, but you decided not to go the double kick route. At some point, there was a fork in the road and you just said, no, I'm not going to do that. Yes, because I wanted to see if by limiting myself that way, if I couldn't be... I couldn't be innovative. And if I can do that... Well, necessity is the mother of invention. If you can't do the conventional thing, you have to try something else. Sure. So maybe I can be different. Maybe I can find my unique aspect. You know, maybe I can find some way to contribute to to this whole thing in in an overall sense. Um, And um, that would be fantastic. So instead of just falling into a pattern... Maybe we shouldn't. Maybe we shouldn't keep looking at other bands and other scenes and saying we ought to do that. Maybe what we ought to do is become our own thing. Mm-hmm. And maybe we can have a scene that is its own thing. And it's it's similar to all this other stuff that's happening, but it isn't. It isn't some cliche. Well, I think that's admirable. I think that um, finding your own voice and uh, that somewhat is the the voice of this show this this show is for original people if even if it's just in one aspect of one thing that you don't do then maybe you're expected to do um it it makes you it makes you unique or or it sets you apart it makes you an outlier something like that right so so and you're talking in in a creative sense you're going to do something new. I was hoping. You're going to break some ground. <laughs> I was hoping for that. Okay. And even the scene itself starts out in such an odd way because there's a ska band that doesn't have any horns. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's what I would... Re- Stickman. Stickman was the other band in the scene. Paired with, with a bunch of metalheads playing punk. Uh-huh. This is weird. And it's fantastic. <laughs> this is a wonderful start to something new. Sure. And they like they get along. And everybody seems to like... Like what's happening. And by this time, I was in the band. Yes. Did you want to say anything about the interim when you're developing the sound? Yeah, so there's this huge spike in our abilities that happens between when Wade leaves the band and when Dave Hosman, who was playing guitar for us at the time, begins to write lyrics and sing. Yeah. So there's this huge uptick, and we become... I'll say. More of like... You guys got amazing. (laughs) We got more grindcore-like. Mm-hmm. There's still like this like um, element of punkishness that exists there only because once again, like I don't want to keep referring to punk as something which is less than because it isn't. 
Because the, the bands that we would eventually play with and be with, like as friends, uh-huh. are playing a style of punk rock that is polished and impressive. Sure. And um, I don't want to make it seem as though it's not hard or something. Yeah. It's more uh, rugged. It's less refined. Raw. Yeah. And when you have that kind of element playing intense music, you do sound like punk. I mean, like, but that's what punk prides itself on. It's simple. It's aggressive. It's energetic. It's youthful. So some of what you had was raw and simple and youthful and energetic. Yeah. Still. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you were getting better. And uh, Dave was on vocals and um, writing lyrics. And I think he, that was really his calling, like to to do that. I think he was he was a good guitar player too. Yeah. But, but yeah, I think I think he found his calling when he when he did that. And I think. You guys really found your sound when that happened. Oh, much more so, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the thing is, is that it plateaus at, at this point. But that's more of a inside. <laughs> that's more of an inside thing. It is. So, <laughs> so we're talking about not being punk, though. That's that's the topic today, <laughs> right. right? Yes. But um, so your your abilities are going to where like it. You don't have to just do the punk riffs you can do other things too you don't just have to play the punk beats you can play other things too because you're being creative you're you're go you're and but you're launching off from that point right of playing punk of playing old school punk in, in a way i mean we're we are doing what we can and it just sounds like punk but uh-huh behind it all is not punk uh-huh and it's it's a difficult thing to even be able to describe. But it is sort of rooted in punk because that's what you were playing to begin with. So you came from there. But it, like, yeah, I mean, it, but it's a... Di- it's not to say you can't shift gears and do something new. It's the same band like you can. It's 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 hard to uh, to kind of put into words. Mm-hmm. There was not, The spirit of it never really was that. Mm-hmm. And I knew that eventually by hanging out with punks who wanted to be in punk rock bands and listen to punk right. a lot right. in front of me mm-hmm. and nothing else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there wasn't really a whole lot of room for anything else. They'd, yeah, uh, part of, I think, some something that might help as an explanation for people listening is that there weren't any punk rockers in the town where we lived who were, like, authentic uh, for the most part. There certainly wasn't a scene... And there certainly wasn't like a group of punks um, that you might expect, like in an urban area. It was it was in Central South Dakota, and it was before the internet was ubiquitous, and so people didn't really have access to that that part of culture. So it was kind of a guess whether or not anything was punk there at that point. Anyway, in like the early nineties. Like, yeah, because right? I mean, like, if you remember, like, we used to bring albums, like Slayer albums, to school dances. Yeah. And then they would play them, and then we would have, like, mosh pits. Pantera, yeah. Yeah, and Sepultura and Overkill, I remember all that. Right, and this yeah. is, like, this is being orchestrated by kids in the metal. Mm-hmm. Um, For sure. I mean, Joey was definitely, he liked metal, and he liked uh, classical music. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, like, there's some, like I said, there's some, like, albums in circulation that everybody seems to dig on. For whatever reason, like, James Don, who's, like, your, at, in my mind, the quintessential metalhead. Uh-huh. Uh, he's, like, listening to, like, the Voodoo Glow Skulls and R.E.M. So there's, like, there's, like, this diversity. I probably got him into R.E.M. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Um, 
but I mean, like, no one's, you know, just listening to kind of like one thing. And my brother, Matt, who's also sort of like on the fringe. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you're right. There's like this diverse pool of people who are sort of all on the outside of things. And they're kind of forced to like kind of coexist with one another just because they're just like weirdos. Yeah, but it's it's kind of difficult to explain to modern people or urban people, I think, what it was that was going on there. Because if there was a desire to be an outsider, there was, or maybe just a recognition that you are one, that I don't fit in somehow. And so, like, I need to find my music. Um, so what is there? You know, there's, like, Headbangers Ball, and there's, like, other people who have um, mixtapes, and there's people who come in from out of town who show you music. Right. And there's, like, that's really what it was, how we found things. So uh, anything that was weird or different that you didn't hear on the radio or on MTV um, was, like, uh, that was something you like latched onto and appreciated, but we didn't have such a refined idea of what a punk was. Who the fuck knew? Yeah. Right. I, right? I mean, like, you, yeah, I, you kind of had like the sort of cartoonish version. Yeah. You know, I mean like, like a Mohawk and a safety pin, but that's like, even Garfield was drawn looking like that. You know? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> people went as punk rockers for Halloween and stuff. Yeah. And, but I mean, I didn't really know. That it was sort of like, it was a serious like social movement for some people. And for some people, it was just like a way to drop out. And for some people, it was just kind of a refuge because they were homeless. Like, that, it's like, it was a thing, you know? Like, squatting was like a lifestyle. And there's all these things that, like, we didn't get. We didn't know about any of that stuff. When... Yeah. Because we were hicks. <laughs> That's... I mean, we're trying not to be hicks. We're isolated. Yeah, yeah. pretty pretty bad. Yeah. It's a pretty insular existence living in central South Dakota. Yeah. Absolutely. But we are also creating something which is... The thing is, is that at that time, and I think this is kind of where I, I maybe had way too high hopes, mm-hmm. was that with all of this, like, with all this diversity... Because, like, no one's listening to all the same stuff. I mean, my brother Matt's listening to, like, the B-52s and Delight and, like, stuff like that. Yeah. And, um, you know, like, or, like, Gary Jensen, who's a good friend of mine. Yeah. You know, he's listening to, like, um, like the Mission UK and The Cure and... Pixies. Pixies. Fugazi. Meat Puppets. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, like, the list goes on and on. Sure. Like, some, like, old, newer, like, older Soundgarden, really kind of before the grunge thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so... There's a familiarity with all that. It's not registering with me. Mm-hmm. It's. I mean, I, I know it. I've I've listened to it. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not really kind of what I'm identifying with. Like what I'm into is like heavy metal. Yeah, and industrial. And industrial music. Industrial and death metal, and like yeah, that's what I'm hearing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and so, 1996. Mm-hmm. By this time, Dave is. He's just kind of tapered off, really, and we're on the prowl for some something new. I run into you at on cue and say you should try out for this spot, and it just kind of works like right away. I was thrilled. I didn't. I didn't think I was any good right away. I. I. But <laughs> thanks. But, it, <laughs> but it, it worked out. This isn't about me anyway. So um, it's kind of difficult not not to kind of drag you into it. But of of course, of course, I was I was in the in this not punk band that we were in um and not not metal <laughs> it's 
it, it, it's kind of strange because it's, it, it, I don't really know how to describe it. I'm going to, like, okay, like, to me, like, I might say grindcore as well, but there was really a lack of blast beats, which you kind of need to be grindcore, right? You need to blast, like, and stuff. Right. And, yeah, it's, but, but a, a bit like grindcore, like noisy and sloppy. And like, I think the vocal style was pretty grindcore, just like screaming my head off, not trying to, uh, not trying to have like a technique. Yeah. Just like, cause that's how I fucking sound when I'm terrified or, uh, in agony, you know, that's, <laughs> that's how I actually sound. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> As far as like the drumming goes, in the absence of all that, there's like a lot of faster beats that you know people probably would would hear as being kind of punk. But then there's also these really groovy breakdowns, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. like sometimes sometimes it sounds like punk, sometimes it sounds like Pantera, sometimes it yeah. sounds kind of Sepultura, like sometimes it's thrashy. DRI kind of slips in there, uh, Biohazard kind of slips in there. Yeah. So it's like it's a lot of things and it's nothing and it's. It's unique and it's got a lot of potential because of that, mm-hmm. but it's never going to, I'm not here to kind of like talk about that, but it's never really going to kind of break, um, into the realm that I was hoping it would. It always kind of like gets to this particular level in the lasagna and stays put. It's always like about midway. I, I felt that there was a lot Did of, you want to like have a roadrunner records type of band or like maybe like relapse would be the equivalent now. I think, I mean, I just really wanted to have something that was incredibly innovative and uh-huh. this is kind of where we're going. Right. What is incredibly innovative is not punk. Punk is not innovative. <laughs> punk is classic. Punk is as old as, I mean, it's from the seventies. And as far as I'm concerned, like there's nothing to be won there. When I first heard Suffer the Children by Napalm Death, it's it starts off with this like, you know, it's just like these drums. Yeah. And then double and then, kick, yeah. Yeah, and then like yeah. guitars tuned down to Z flat. <laughs> right. And then and then this guy's just like rah, 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 you know, and it's yeah. and it's in a church. And I, it made me shoot up. That happened with Napalm, that happened with Godflesh, that yeah. happened with Meshuga. And that happened with the Dillinger Escape Plan. All innovators. All those bands are innovators. Right. And no I doubt. was like, that, yeah. Okay. if I can do that, mm-hmm. that's what I want. Mm-hmm. And like, That's what turned you on. Right. I never heard Total Chaos and was like, what's this? <laughs> you know? I was like, I know what that is. I wanted something that was going to be jarring. Punk's not dead, but it's not innovative. <laughs> <laughs> it's not dead. But there's only so much you can like do with it before... like if. You're going to be innovative. You're not going to be playing punk rock because it's done. But there's nothing wrong necessarily with being punk. But you're not going to be new if you're punk. It's not new. Yeah, probably not. Whatever's new is like starting a new Word document. It is untitled. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And it's not going to be punk again. Um, and I wanted to do that's the new. Your, that's your two cents on it. And, yes. And the, okay. And the uh, you wanted to do something innovative. I thought we had all. I thought all the pieces were there. Yeah, and you, and your inno, your innovation, your project would not be punk, because be, be, because of the type of innovative that it was. Yes. Okay. And I wanted to make it sure that it was like equally like energetic enough to like be. I just wanted someone somewhere to just like sit up in in a chair and think what what is this? Were you 
or uh, we uh, being pigeonholed as a punk band at that point already because of the previous material, because of the stuff that had already been played in the band. Like, I mean, there's a few things that are probably contributing to this. One is that we're not after about, I don't know, well, at, really, to be completely honest, after you joined the band, the band kind of peaks. Uh-huh. And there's really nowhere for it to go as far as it being better than it had been in the past. Uh-huh. We try some new things as far as like, you know, kind of going the sugar route with polyrhythms and, and stuff. Yeah, and like uh, a lot of, uh, like, uh, we did tempo changes and time signature changes and changing the feel a, a lot. But these are sort of lateral moves to me, and there, it's the, the band isn't really kind of getting more, getting better in a more technical way. Yeah, probably not. Um, and so if you're already kind of playing in a, in a way or in a style that most people are identifying as punk and you're mm -hmm. not getting any better or changing at all, there you go. But the compositions were more technical. The songs were, were more technical as songs. They got they got that way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would suppose. I mean, uh, yeah. I'll concede. Yeah, that. And that's not a punk thing to do, unless you're neurosis. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but the, even then, I mean, you're <laughs> like people were like, well, neurosis is a, it's kind of a metal thing. I mean, even the exploited got better. And when they got better, people said they were metal. They got, well, they were like thrash after that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sure. But I, I guess for me, they were better. When I first heard The Exploited, um, you know, the, it was like, um, Let's Start a War, I think was the album. And when yeah. I say like, like dirty, like kind of rough, mm -hmm. pretty rugged sounding punk, The Exploited are a really good example of that, mm -hmm. I think. More so than MDC. Sure. Um, but even when they become more refined and polished, I'll go back and, and edit every time we said MDC and I'll, I'll overdub exploited. So, yeah. <laughs> it, <laughs> but um, so I think you see where where this is kind of all leading. Mm -hmm. um, is that we're just trying to get better as musicians, and the hope is, at least my hope is that as disease begins to progress, maybe it will lead to something kind of new. Mm -hmm. um, It'll definitely be something intense. Mm -hmm. And when I, to be honest, when I first heard the Dillinger escape plan, I thought that that could have been us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, sure. Sure. I mean, I hear that. And, um, I don't think it would have been exactly that, but I saw that where we had been going being very much parallel to what they had, what they had done. Mm -hmm. And we would have been like really good buds with them. I think. Sure. <laughs> In my mind, yeah. in my teenage mind, we're good friends with the Dillinger Escape Plan. I'll be good friends with them. So. I'm, even though I think when I heard them, I was like well into my 20s or 30s. But anyway, the point is that uh, I, I just I wanted to, to, to have that, and you're not going to have that by being punk. And the scene, too, that I'm a part of and that you know I'm making flyers up for, that I'm my PA is being used in support of it and that I totally support as a community. And I'm very glad that it happened is still, at least for me, something that was a little bit of a disappointment. Well, we were playing with Stickman mostly and, and bands from out of town. And most of those were, would say punk. They would say we are a punk rock band. And, and, uh, so some of it by is by association as well as like having the label before the early music was punk. And now, uh, the bands you're playing with are punk. You know, the, the, our, our good friends are punks. Mm -hmm. it, it's difficult to sort of like divorce yourself from yeah, all that. Yeah, and I, I feel like we did get more acclimated to uh, or, or accustomed to punk culture and more uh, just educated about it too. 
from from our friends. Yes. Yeah, punk was starting to, to just happen in Pier, where we lived. I would suppose that for them, it's probably pretty innovative. Yeah. Well, if you didn't know about it, it's everything new is innovative, right? If if even if it's old, if you haven't seen it before, right? But for me, it's like not. I've seen this. I've done that. I, I shouldn't say I've done it. I never did it. I mean, like the, as far as I was concerned, like punk was something that my older brothers had done. I was looking for my own thing, right? And it was like this was already uh, by the time, like by the time I'm introduced to punk rock in the '90s, I'm like, well, I've seen this. I've done this. Like I've seen people do this. Like this is this is cliche. Yeah, yeah. And even the Dead Kennedys say that it's cliche. That yeah, it's like a stale it, cartoon. Right. <laughs> so who's what's the new order coming in? Who's the new people making music that is like odd and weird? For me, I will never forget when I first Justin Broderick and Godflesh. For me, that was like just a moment of just pure what in the hell. Yeah. And I loved it. He still makes incredible music. He and does. like whew. Body Dome Light is that song that that riff is so good. Well <laughs> both of the riffs in that song are so good, really. So we know we know them. Uh, maybe I'll play a second of it. So to you, punk is an old thing. Because it is, and because you're you're a couple years older than a lot of the people who are flooding into the scene now, who are making the scene happen, right? And that matters uh, when you're you know uh, nineteen versus like sixteen, like that matters, right? In, in, in at that age, so you're you're a, a couple three years older, uh, maybe four or five years older. So um, there's that. Those people don't know about the Clash. And then, or the exploited, or the Sex Pistols, and then, or Dead Kennedys, or any of that shit, <laughs> or Elvis and, Costello, right? right. And yeah. so, like, um, they they probably like they probably like got excited about grunge, and then quickly, like, on the heels of that came like Green Day and the Offspring, and the and the more commercial pop punk. So they heard that, and then. They f- they hear these bands that are calling themselves punk that are coming to town, and then they're they're getting into that. So so they're infused with the punk, and you got you were playing with Stickman at every show, and they're they're calling themselves punk, and so it's it's a battle against that label if you don't want to be called that, right? I would say so. Yeah, and, and there's another problem too. I mean, or at least I shouldn't say problem, but it's something that is feeding into that whole thing, which is the DIY movement is dominated by punk rock bands. And there's just not a there's not a listing or a directory of industrial and metal bands that will come and play your town, right? Um, or venues where you can do that. But there is for punk. And if you're DIY and you're punk rock, you you can make a world tour. You won't yeah. make any money, and no, you'll have to live on ramen noodles, and you'll smell like onions. But you can do it. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, and you got to, you got to, I mean, total props to punk rock for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was, there was the, there was a magazine you could get called book your own fucking life. I think there it's probably a website now, but, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but that magazine was like at, uh, for, there was one for the U S I don't know if there was one for Europe or whatever, but, uh, but you could just, it was free. You could just list your band in there and then, um, and if you were a venue, you could list your venue. And it didn't matter. You could be a basement 
And you could be like, I, I can have shows in my parents' basement when they're out of town, they're out of town two weekends a month. Or, you know, you could, there were listings like that in this, in this magazine that was just, you know, it was a glossy cover and it was all just like newsprint pages and you could buy it at, at a record store, you know, or you could buy it through the mail or whatever. And like, um, people book tours that way. That's incredible. But that was, it was punk focused. It isn't as though there weren't other acts on there, but it called itself like a punk publication or it was known as that. Right. DIY. What we were doing, do it yourself music, like writing our own stuff, recording our own stuff, trading demos with people and going on tour, like uh, on our own dime with our own vehicles, you know, that was dominated by punk. You're right. Right. Seems that way to me. I think that if you, to be in a, at the time, I would, I, I, this is just a total guess. Mm-hmm. To be in like a, a really serious metal band must have meant having to move to a city and playing in clubs. Tampa, hopefully. Hopefully Tampa. <laughs> yeah. Tampa, Tampa or, uh, Somewhere in England. It's like uh, nodding, nodding him, I think. Uh, yeah. Or. Because <laughs> Napalm and Godflesh played the same clubs, I think. But just look this shit up. It's great. It's great information. <laughs> care. Um, to talk more about you and how you're, you're not punk here. And you're in this scene that's becoming punk, right? Right. So here, I think the best way to encapsulate it is this. I want to do something innovative. Punk is not innovation. It's, it's, it's pretty much defined you i mean someone's like you seem to draw a hard line at that but okay it drew its own hard line (laughs) and i just agreed with it as far as i was concerned because we we would go to these shows and these these bands would play bands that i was friends with and stuff like that but then we would go to these parties and they would play music and it was it was like bouncing souls and pennywise Mm -hmm. and i mean bad religion um uh no effects Mm-hmm. these bands have a lot of things in common. It's just like saying deicide obituary, napalm death. It's like, sure. it's just like saying that they're all part of the same scene. They're all part of the same. And no one was playing ministry or Godflesh or, or yeah, no one's playing anything else. <laughs> they're not and playing it, suffocation. They're not playing Frank Zappa. They're not playing Captain Beefheart. <laughs> they're not, they're not playing, you know, uh, no. anything they're else. They're not playing nine inch nails at the cure or fucking anything. Yeah. Right. And then yeah. we would get in your car yeah. And we would drive around and listen to They Might Be Giants. Yeah. Faith No More. Yeah. I remember that being on a lot. Um, Mr. Bungle. Jaco Pistorius. <laughs> I think oh, John, sure. John Zorn. Sure. Did you say John Zorn? I didn't say John Zorn, but that was, I said Mr. Bungle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Zorn did some amazing stuff. Yeah. We listened to Skinny Puppy and. Uh, and we, I remember listening to The Clash, too, and I remember listening to The Misfits and, you know, some some punk, I guess. Yeah, there's some punk. And But I remember listening to, like, Downset and Rage Against the Machine, too, and, like, yeah. Oh, the times. It's difficult yeah. to have been invited to these shows and gotten a window into that scene and heard punk bands listening to punk bands mm-hmm. and, and dreaming of someday being good enough to play with other punk bands mm-hmm. and the big punk show. And I was not into that. I wanted, I was like, I want to be something shocking and unique mm-hmm. and, um, not shocking in like a Marilyn Manson-y guar kind of way. But like, I just wanted someone to like jet up and be like, wow, 
I mean, this band is innovative, and I've never really heard anything like this. I This is something I'm going to have to listen to a couple of times. Did you want to do that in front of punks? Yes, I wanted to do that in front of everybody. Uh-huh. I wanted to get something like that was uniquely me. Yeah. And I wanted to sort of like have a group of, of friends with me who were also participating in that and just kind of like continuously grow and develop and change and b- create this thing that we're really proud of. Yeah. And that we know is like distinct because it's us. Uh-huh. You, to really find that essence of of your creativity. Yeah, yeah. I just starting to sound a little a little squishy. Well, you're talking about an art, artistic kind of revelation and it's it's an art it's an artsy thing to to be innovative with your music. For sure. And I tried to I think I think you did a fantastic job. Well, I pre- I appreciate that. I think you know you you wrote a lot of the, in addition to playing the drums, you wrote a lot of the guitar parts for the band. Uh, it seems like most of them, maybe, and uh, a few, yeah, <laughs> a, a number, and uh, and it it is difficult to classify. So so I'd say you did a great job. Well, well thank you. Yeah, I, I wouldn't pigeonhole it in, into anything. So that's innovation. Yeah, and there's some people that kind of consider those things congruent, punk and innovation. Mm-hmm. And they would be right if it was 1976. <laughs> sure. Because <laughs> that's when, you know, that's when it was. Yeah. But it isn't anymore. And so... Um, Somebody was innovative with it. Like, it was probably Bad Religion or something like it, that, that made the listenable version, you know? And that was the innovation at the time. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I... I, and there's nothing that was 1986 you know whatever it's a it's a it's a it's a difficult thing to say that it's it isn't like i i don't know why Mm -hmm. it's because i think that you were saying and i think this makes so much sense that people are hearing this for the first time yeah to them it's innovative Uh uh-huh and then for me to be this like twerp who's trying to be a you know what i mean who comes in and just like and that's what I've always been sort of afraid of having this conversation. Being a hipster and you already know about this. <laughs> and just like, yeah, just like roll my eyes and like be unfair. But I just want to point out that I was very supportive of the scene. Yeah. Dude. And I was also kind of grateful. And this is why, in spite of everything, yeah. had it not had those strong foundations I don't know if this pier scene would have lasted as long as it did. Mm-hmm. It probably would have been just a flash in the pan. It probably would have just been a, a, like a year or two. Yeah, it did last a long time. And it, it had to... It It must have been 15 years. I don't know how long it lasted. Right, because yeah. there's... But there's a... Because it's not innovative, because there's like all these punk rock bands that exist, there's a constant inflow of musicians and bands that are willing to come to pier... And play. Of course, it's it's a DIY thing. It's a thing that people understand. Um, it's it's a spot that, it, dude. If you're not stopping there on tour, you are driving twelve hours through nothingness, and that's just how it is. <laughs> right. Like you are driving across the Great Plains with no respite. You are and. <laughs> <laughs> God have mercy on you if, right. you if you do that. So stop and peer, play a show for a, for a bunch of people who are just grateful to have anything go on. Yeah, and they're punks, and you're punk, and everybody knows about it. It's familiar, right? Easy. It's easy. 
And so um, it's difficult to be an exception. That's that's a, a theme well, with all these episodes, man. So uh, to do something innovative and new is not to be immediately recognized, and it's not to be popular. That's just how it is, right? Right. Right? I mean, can I... Can I can I link this in? So, like, were you rejected then by punk rock? Like, did that happen? Um, no. No. But I think, like, we when we were we just touched on this a little bit earlier. I think that my analogy of being a marsupial among mammals is pretty close. Okay. I'm not like. There's no reason for the bunnies to flee from my approach. Right. But I am a kangaroo. Uh huh. And that's there's <laughs> noticeable differences. Yeah, you're you're different. Yeah, but. Not to the degree where I'm going to, like, I'm an aberration. <laughs> yeah. I'm not like, like, you know, we have enough in common where we can have, we can coexist. Yeah, yeah. And that's what was weird also to kind of layer this aspect in it too, of going to places like Minneapolis mm-hmm. and seeing like that there's this like complete split. There's punks on one side metalheads on the other and then there's like hardcore kids in between them there's hardcore kids and there's other like there's punks that are not your kind of punk either it's like no i'm more like old school i'm i'm a crusty like fuck off like you know i'm not i'm not your kind of thing yeah you could have a punk show and then have some other punks show up and be like fuck they don't belong here man what are they doing (laughs) yeah and it's like with us it was like do you well do you want to have a show (laughs) then shut up and just enjoy it yeah Just play with Alex and his flaming monkey, monkey children. children and, and yeah, like, and we, everyone enjoyed each other. Everyone was grateful that, that someone was playing. And, uh, yeah, I came back as an acoustic performer for years and I was always welcome to do that. And I wasn't acoustic punk either. And like, you know, I gotta say, like, as somebody, like, I almost feel a correlation I never thought about this, but like to what you're saying as an acoustic performer, because like a lot of the early stuff I did, it felt punk to me. And like this, like this is this is uh, rebellious and energetic, and I'm not sitting down. You know what I'm saying? I'm not like crooning at a coffee shop while you look at your laptop or whatever. Like I'm I'm calling something. You know what I mean? And this is like protest music. This is this is like an. This is like for you to change your life, you know, and to open your eyes. And like, this is what, this is what I was writing and singing about fucking loudly. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And I wasn't going, blah, blah, like, <laughs> but I also wasn't, I also wasn't singing like fucking John Mayer or somebody, you know, like <laughs> I just had my own voice. That's, that's like what I just came out, you know? Right. And uh, I wanted to have my own voice, <laughs> but, but. I did hit some p- spots that like were friendly to acoustic punk and it like wasn't me. I wasn't I wasn't on the inside, you know. I wasn't recognized as that. So despite maybe just wanting to have that market it also. You know what I mean? I, I wasn't I wasn't banking on them including me. It was just like that was a market that I thought I also fit into. Yeah, I mean I yeah. could see why you would think that. Yeah. Because I mean of the, the experiences that you'd had in the past. Yeah. And um you know, we were, um, I mean, I would suppose that in some respects, you know, central South Dakota had its, even though it was punk and mm-hmm. everybody says it's punk, mm-hmm. it was, it's, it was really kind of unique in that it was so 
capable. It was, it was far less rigid yeah. than 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 you know urban music scenes. Mm-hmm. It, everybody was just like happy to have something. Yeah, we weren't. We used to make fun of like the, the people had all these subgenres and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah, I think I think. There was a lot of those subgenres that had their own real small scene and their own like, uh, um, or they were trying to have one or something like that. And like, yeah, we, but no, that was nothing. That was nothing like what we had in South Dakota, and 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 even like uh, Sioux Falls had a little bit of that, a little bit of like you know you're kind of in this camp or that camp because there was enough of a population and there was enough of an interest to afford to be divisive. You know? Yeah, and I think interesting thing when I when I went to Salt Lake City, it was like pier. Because if you weren't in the in the Mormon church, yeah, you were cool. They didn't care. <laughs> they're like, it doesn't matter if you're a biker or a hippie or a punk or like a slam poet or they're just like, yeah, you're you're in. Yeah. You you can come you you're in the show too. Like yeah. yeah. And that was that was amazing. And that's what's so strange. Yeah. That, so you would think that punk would be all are welcome. Mm-hmm. Punk is definitely not that. <laughs> no man, punks are like mean. <laughs> not not to, not to say all of them. I mean, fucking whatever. Like, but yeah, we had we had some great shows that were they're like potlucks. I mean, that's just like what we did. You know? Yeah, and it was just like it was a potluck with the music. It's like whatever you bring, and it was a potluck with actual food. And it, yeah, it was that was that was what punk was. But it isn't, and that's what uh, why like that's why I'm not a punk because our scene I don't know that punk they, scene wasn't punk either. <laughs> yeah, kind of. It's so strange to even talk about because it isn't. It isn't, and you don't really. It's. It, I keep waffling back and forth. Mm-hmm. You know, I keep kind of saying it is, and then it isn't, and that I wasn't. I wasn't. Well, we don't need to have all the answers. I mean, we know you're not punk, and that's what we're talking about. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, punks take it serious. They listen to punk. They do the punk thing. You know, a punk when you see one. Yeah. And I wasn't it. The punk might not tell you even they're a punk, but you know. <laughs> yeah. Unless you're from Central South Dakota, then everybody's punk. They'll tell you they're a punk. <laughs> And they'll be wearing like a Nike shirt, and <laughs> they'll be doing it wrong. Yeah, you're doing the punk we, wrong. We will do it wrong. We've done punk, and we did it wrong. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I guess um... <laughs> we got any more to say about um, it? 2009, I <laughs> quitting diseased. Yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't really touched music since. That's really kind of my story. Yeah. Uh, in the 2000s, um, since this kind of became a historical kind of thing with diseased. Yeah. In 2002, I believe you quit. Yeah. Then the surprisingly enough, or I guess not so surprisingly. Yeah. This just that Stickman was very different from Diseased. They were a ska band without horns, and Diseased was a grindcore band without blast beats and, <laughs> and without double kick. And and yes. Uh, and and then, then Buzz, who was the guitar player for Stickman, ends up becoming the singer of Diseased. Right. And to my understanding, Diseased in whatever form it has taken since. He's still there to this day. He's still there. And yeah. Mike Powell, who used to play drums for Stickman, is now the drummer for he's Diseased. He's now trying to do what you did, which was innovative. So it's difficult. <laughs> and he's told me as much. So I don't I don't know if, if you know that, but Mike's a damn good drummer. But Mike you, is a damn good drummer. And I have to, to say, copy, dude, because you're innovative. <laughs> I have to say that if Mike Powell ever said anything good about my drumming i i am very touched because i yeah my i looked up to mike mm-hmm. i don't think he knew that because <laughs> i probably kept that under wraps but i always i always admired mike because i know you he, admired his drumming sure absolutely was, yeah. 
Cause I mean, he, he had what I didn't have, which was study. Yeah. I mean, he, he really, um, yeah. I mean, went to school for percussion. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I heard you, I heard you guys, um, argue with each other about, you know, you know, you're great. No, you're great. I mean, I, <laughs> it could have been one of those things where it was, um, kind of like the way that people from the Midwest argue about who's going to pay the check. Right. But it wasn't. Yeah. Mike is better than me. <laughs> Mike's still playing, you know? Yeah. And you say you haven't touched music since 09, so. I, um, not in a real, yeah. but I, I shouldn't say that. I, yeah. There was like, like a tribute band that I was in. Yeah. That was quite good. You played, you played clutch songs. Did, yeah. Yeah. Nothing like diseased or, no. and also not punk either, so. No. Just good rock and roll. Yeah. But that will, that will uh, confirm to me that you're not punk if you played clutch covers. Yeah. It, like exclusively pretty much. It, which is yeah. weird because clutch looks to bad brains is like, th- that was really what made them want to become a band. That's really cool. <laughs> clutch is fucking cool. The clutch is a great. <laughs> and for those people who are listening who haven't heard clutch, I would, anything by them is probably pretty good. Yeah. Check it out. I always say with bands that have been around a long ass time, like they might be giants, you know, it's my favorite. Um, and people are like, where do I even start? And I'm like, that's a really good question. Cause they probably have 2000 songs. So I just say, just start with the new shit. You will, you will hear the classics because you'll be getting into the bad. So like, cause Spotify will put it on for you or YouTube will put it on for you or whatever. Like just listen to the new stuff and like, see what the, see the most recent stuff they've done and like, um, start there. That's what I always say. So like, because it could be hard to start with uh, a band that's been around a long time and has this wealth of material. So, you know, or see them in concert. Maybe that would, that's maybe the ultimate thing, but that's kind of a lot to demand if you don't, if you just want to kind of check them out. <laughs> I would suppose that if there's a Facebook page for disease, there's probably links to. They're keeping it alive, which I think is pretty cool. Keeping the ball in the air. Yeah. Yeah. God and bless them. Yeah. How many years does that make for disease? Since it? 1992. 92. That's 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> 30 years of band, man. Yeah. At least in some, re- like in some yeah. form. Right, right. And yeah, the only original member is is Joey, the bass player. It's wow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The only original member. I mean, Matt's been in the band off and on for a, a long ass time because he was in the band when I joined, but then he quit. But then he came back many years later. Like many years later. Yes. Eight years later. Or Matt is also very accomplished. Uh, I think Matt's excellent. As a I bet they're player. really good. <laughs> I, <would laughs> I think that they would be because, like, Joey is really good, and yeah. Matt's like really good. Yeah, and Mike, Mike. is really good. Yeah, and but Buzz is Buzz does it. Yes, he fucking brings. He it. knows he, how a, to be a good front man. He's a force, and I do. I do like the way he does it. So yeah, hats off to diseased. <laughs> Do you feel like do you feel like you've told your story and like you've been in, been included and uh, you've said what you wanted to say about it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it, it's one of those things that I know it'd be I think difficult for people to understand. But it's kind of like the reason I didn't want to go back to like after after two thousand and nine when I quit diseased. I I made a promise to myself to never return to it because it had been I had been kind of in wait to make this sort of creative leap again. Mm -hmm. We'd had a creative leap from between like 
it, up until like 94, 95, mm-hmm. we'd had this huge uptick and I was waiting for like the second one. Mm-hmm. But by 2009, it became pretty apparent that it wasn't, it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. We were, we were done and it was as good as it was going to get. And at that point, it's like, it just kind of felt that it was time to, if we weren't going to move forward, I didn't really want to be stagnant. So, and uh, and as much as I love those guys and, and wish them the best and stuff like that, I'm sure that if you go to a DC show, you'll be hearing songs that we played. Yeah, that that we years wrote. Ago. You and you and I wrote them. Um, yeah, yeah, probably. Probably some of those will come out. Also, Aaron and I are going to start a band called Diseased. <laughs> first, yeah, we'll see who gets the so, the album out first. Watch out. <laughs> thanks, thanks for being here, Aaron. It's it's a pleasure, man. I love you. Yeah, I love you too, man. All right, talk to you later. See ya. <laughs> As promised, here is I.O. Streams by Diseased, recorded on cassette in a garage in 1999. I mixed it back then, and it sounds amazing. It features Aaron on drums, myself, Ocho, on vocals, Joe Hammer on guitar, and Joey Garrett on bass guitar. I also wrote the lyrics, which are available in the transcript for this episode, and at youtube.com slash ochotunes. Do you have an interesting, heartfelt, or entertaining story about something you don't do, and maybe you'd like to talk to me and get into whatever we're not into on this podcast? Please visit ochotunes.com slash guest to apply to be a guest on our show. 
I Don't Do That The Game Show will be filmed live at the What's Up Lounge in Mankato, Minnesota at 7.30 p.m. on Friday, April 28, 2023. Admission is only $10 for this 21-plus live event. Audience members have the option to play the game if they so choose. RSVP at facebook.com slash ochotunes slash events. My name is Ocho. I'm your host, chief engineer and producer. I composed and performed the theme song. Shout out to Dan Green and the Mankato Free Press for the insightful article about this podcast. That article is available in the Currents section of the January 22nd edition of the Free Press. It is available online. Check it out. You can find a link at idontdothatpodcast.com slash give. Shout out to KEYC News Now for having me on TV the other day. I will be sharing that clip also at idontdothatpodcast.com slash give. There's an un intentional and surprisingly casual mic drop on there too it's hilarious keep an eye out shout out always to our sponsor anders the giant with primetime web thanks again to our guest aaron for saving me from a really mundane shithole in my late teens with your creativity and initiative i would not be who i am today doing what i do if it weren't for you Aaron, I love you. Thank you. And thanks to all of you for all that you do and all that you don't do. I will talk to you again if I'm lucky. And if you've made it this far, here's Song for the Night, a song I wrote about Aaron's hometown and mine in 2001. This version was re-recorded and re-released in 2016. It features myself on acoustic guitar, drums, bass, vocals, and electric guitar. I mixed it, mastered it. I field recorded a siren. You know, I put some work into it. You can also hear Peter Klug on backing vocals, as well as Forrest Kunkel, and Sweeney, Caitlin Klug, and Callie, whose last name I don't know. Here's Song for the Night. This problem calls for jerk reaction an official denial common sense legislation Whoa. it's ten o'clock now Ten o'clock, lock your kids inside We've gotta keep them safe From all your kids outside Cause tonight we're driving drunk to the bar that's open one hour later By that time we won't remember why we skipped it in the first place And the song for the night is only right at prime time Your mother is older but she still calls you home A tabloid on an island Says it's haunted by a monster And the hog's head is staked outside 
Of the governor's mansion, yeah It's hard to sway your attention From the man behind the curtain When you're missing the action Spectacle and distraction, yeah So tonight, we're driving drunk to the bar that's open one hour later And I assume that you know the reason why I pulled you over For the sun, for the night, is only right at prime time Your mother is older, but she still calls you home Yeah, your mother is older, but she still calls you home Now your mother is dead, but she said this misery and sold off all her energy and had children to care for stupid crap we invented to sit and wait till the dam breaks and the winds break the wind breaks and it rinses the state from the landscape When the dam breaks And the winds break The wind breaks It'll rinse the stain Straight from the landscape I just can't wait For the great plagues and earthquakes To erase this mistake Till the flames rain from space And we 